one. Oh, man, it's going to be a good one. We have Facebook whistleblower talk. I'm sure you've seen it all over the news, the Facebook whistleblower and whistleblower this and whistleblower speaking before Congress. I have a lot to say about that. Buckle up for that. We're going to get to that about 30 minutes from now. We have a 2,700-year-old toilet. Somebody's looking for the ideal husband, and you're not going to believe what they're looking for. The CIA is apparently missing a lot of agents, and nobody's talking about it. And yes, we're going to mock Joe Biden. I'm going to bring up Afghanistan again, Penn State losing its mind, and Kyle Rittenhouse. All that and much, much more tonight on the Jesse Kelly Show. We'll get to your calls, your emails, all that stuff at a later time. But first, there's a chance you've already seen this video. If you have, that's fine. We've shortened it up a little bit for you. It's a little longer, but I do need to add... Do to add a couple disclaimers on here. One, as you know, this is a family show. Obviously, we have fun and we laugh and whatnot, but I've never done a show you have to turn off with your kids in the car, and I never will, ever. That's not because I'm good. It's just because there's so much crap out there. I'm tired of having to turn everything off with my kids in the car, so I don't do that. Even though we did get somebody right in, they were they were really mad about last night's show. They said, you said I can listen with my kids, and then you describe crucifixion. Okay, look, maybe not your three-year-old, but uh, okay. either way. So because this is a family show, there's a topic I rarely discuss at any length at all. If anything, I mention it. It's a brief, it's a brief little blurb here or there. And it's not because I don't think it's important to the future of the country. I just don't think it's that family-friendly, and I think it's kind of gross. Okay, what am I talking about? I'm talking about this whole thing that apparently happened 15 minutes ago where people in this country genuinely believe that you can change the gender you were born with. I don't have to sugarcoat that for you. That's insane. Now, that's not a hatred of any of those people. Uh, People have been suffering from various forms of mental illness from, from the beginning of mankind. They have been. All right, so that's okay. You're going through some stuff. All right, it's all right. Let's let's get you some help. Let's get you some counseling. Something. Let's get you something. Let's get some help. And we don't do that in this country. Instead, we lionize it. We celebrate it. We tell kids this is something they're supposed to do. Now you see kids all over the place doing this insane garbage. Uh, you saw that kid. I think he was 11 years old. Uh, what was his name? Desmond, dressed up like a woman, dancing on Good Morning America, uh, uh, dressed in drag, and the hosts are sitting there clapping like seals. Disgusting. Just disgusting. And I won't support it, and I won't pretend it's okay. But I don't talk about it that much, like I said, because it's gross, and I don't like discussing that in front of kids. I mean, heck, my kids are listening right now. I don't like talking about it. It's disgusting. But... It's time to have at least a little bit of a conversation about it because there was a video floating around online. Maybe you saw it. One of these people, I think it was somebody who, if if I'm getting the video correctly, it was a dude but now thinks he's a woman or wants to be a woman, something like that. And he pulls into Sonic, you know, the fast food drive-thru Sonic. 
underrated fast food, I might point out, but pulls into the fast food joint Sonic and, of course, has to pull his camera out and begins filming the manager and gets mad because they were apparently accidentally misgendering him. Everyone was calling him, sir. I mean, if you see the video, the guy's built like a middle linebacker. Everybody knows who it is and what it is, but they were apparently misgendering the guy. And I'm going to play you the video. It's a little long. It's actually quite hilarious if you look at the end, which I will describe to you when it's done. But here is the audio of this person yelling at a poor manager from Sonic. Okay, I can look at you. What about me is presenting what you would call masculine right now? If you didn't see the name on my credit card and you were quickly handing me my card back, would you have said something? What what would you like me to do, ma'am? What would you like me to do? Because eventually you want something, correct? I would like you to promise me that you will stop treating trans people this way. No, I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, your name on the credit card is a feminine name? No. Exactly. They're not discriminating you. Yes, no, they not. are. Because no, it, someone else could be paying. By you handing the card. See? Nobody's transphobic like you're saying. No, Nobody discriminating. that is what's happening. No, that's how you feel. I'm so no, sorry. No, no, no. It's actually like not how I feel. Yes, you are. There's because a you're difference. doing this because of that. No, there's a difference. You know, because, I mean, it, it, like my sexuality, whatever it is, and I feel confident of who I, who I am I'm or not what talking I am, about sexuality. That's what you're just telling you me don't right even now. know what we're talking about. So how can you tell me I don't know what I'm talking about? We're talking about gender identity. You're talking about sexuality. Okay. There's a difference. What are you? So I can call you. What are you? No. What are you? Just Why does it you. matter? No, no. What are you? Why does you. it matter? What are you? So I can call you a sir or a ma'am. What are you? What would you assume looking at me? What are you? What would you assume looking at me? I assume that you're a man. <laughs> the best part, though... The best part is the video version that I can't show you because when he does that thing at the end when he says, I assume you're a man, she's got the, the, the video point, the video camera pointed at him. And then when he says, I assume you're a man, the person doing the filming clicks the video around so you can see the person and it's just a huge dude there with lipstick on. <laughs> All right, quit that. Grow up, everybody. Now, this is what I have two different things I want to say about this and both of them actually legitimately are important. We talk about culture war all the time, and it's important that we do talk about it. We're never going to stop talking about it. No, to save this nation, it doesn't take low taxes and less spending. Culture is everything. All cultures are not equal. All cultures are not healthy. There are some cultures that are, have been healthy and are now rotted filth. That's, very, that's pretty much what ours is. Now, what is culture? It gets talked about all the time. What even is it? Culture is not complicated. Culture is simply what your society, however big that society is, by the way, uh, town, tribe, village, country, what your society chooses to incentivize and what your society chooses to disincentivize. And there are fascinating cultures all around the world. Not garbage ones, just different ones. You, you've seen National Geographic before of, of some tribe somewhere and their earlobes are all stretched out and they're hanging down by their shoulders. 
And you're looking at that thinking, good grief, we've got some plastic surgeons, bro. But they're looking at that. Maybe it's a dude with his ears like that. And the little dime across the across the across the village in the hut is thinking he looks pretty stinking good. It's just a different culture. Their culture incentivizes that. What your culture incentivizes, what your society incentivizes, and what it doesn't incentivize, what it disincentivizes. That's that's culture. That's all it is. It's not more complicated than that. Here in America, we have two gigantic problems. And I mean gigantic problems when it comes to stuff like you just heard. In this video, the first problem is the one I touched on briefly in the beginning. It's one thing for people to have internal struggles, mental struggles. Uh, I'm I'm torn up. I, I'm inclined to this perversion or this weird thing. And, and people have inclinations that are unhealthy, right? We all do. We have inclinations that we should probably flee. Uh, we should. They're not good for us. We know they're not good for us. Everybody has them. But this whole dice yourself up with a scalpel and throw on some lipstick and pretend you're a woman thing, this is not healthy. This is not right. And I'm not pointing fingers at every person out there doing it, like this dude sitting in the car yelling at the manager of Sonic. I'm pointing fingers at our society as a whole that has decided this is not accepted, this is celebrated. This is something you should aspire to be. Oh my goodness, you you might get on Good Morning America. Just, just step in for your surgery here. We'll only need a few minutes. What are we doing? What are we doing more than anything else to children out there? Now, these stories of these children deciding they want to change their genders. There's toddlers out there, their parents. We haven't given him a gender yet. What? That should be shamed and shunned. Instead, it's celebrated. But there's one more thing. I mentioned two. There's one more thing that is really rotting out this society, and I will get to that in just a second. But first, for months, months, I've been telling you about the non-lethal gun Hero2020.com. They engineered just a better solution, a much more powerful solution than pepper spray. This thing shoots a projectile 100 miles an hour. You have any idea what it feels like to get hit by a projectile moving 100 miles an hour? And then once it gets to you and hits you, it explodes. Only it's not fatal. It's this ball. It's full of this chemical pepper irritant that just gets all over you. You feel like you can't breathe. You feel like somebody's holding a blowtorch to your eyes. This thing is awesome. And it doesn't even require a concealed carry permit. Go to Hero2020.com and get one for yourself and your spouse. I have. Hero2020.com. Use the code JESSE. It'll get you a special discount. That's Hero2020.com. State law restrictions may apply. Do you care about your safety and the safety of your family? Then go do something about it. Hero2020.com. Code JESSE. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show on a Wednesday. Don't forget, before I forget, Friday cometh, and that right soon. 
Get your Ask Dr. Jesse questions in early this week. Early. I can't explain why at the time. And don't worry, there's going to be a fresh show. Then Ask Dr. Jesse show on Friday. But get your questions in early. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. For those who don't know, we do a bit of a different show during the week anyway. But on Friday's show, it's all your questions. Now, obviously, we hit any major news stories that hit, but it's all your questions you email in, and they don't have to be political. It's just a big ask me anything all three hours on Friday. We don't even do guests. All right. Also, 877-377-4373 if you want to call in. That's fine, but don't forget, the rules remain the same. You heard me hang up on several people last night. That will never change. Don't say hi. Don't say how are you. Get right to the point, but I feel like we're missing a critical part of this. People aren't saying hi and how are you and love the show. They're getting to the subject, but they're not getting to the point. There is a big difference between getting to the subject and getting to the point. Don't drone on and on. Get on with it. Get right to the point. Now, back to what I was talking about. In case you missed the opening, we were referencing that video or audio you've probably seen or heard by now of some dude who's decided he wants to be a woman. So he put on lipstick and he drove into Sonic. And then, of course, on camera, because they have to record everything, he starts recording the poor manager who's just trying to get the guy a meal and get him out of there. And you're calling me ma'am and you don't know what gender is. It just turns into this gigantic thing. Okay, all that's, that's fine. We addressed the whole trans thing in the beginning. I'm not going over that again. Now let's talk about the second thing, and this is really, really hurting the country. And I'm not sure when it happened. I have a theory, which I'm about to go over. But this thing of corporate America, wealthy, successful people in the United States of America, corporate America, the big-time corporations, they somehow got themselves beholden to all of society's losers. Every whiny, aggrieved, pathetic loser and victim group in this society is not only given a voice by corporate America, they're given power over corporate America. Sonic, after this whole stupid incident was recorded, Sonic puts out some public statement. Uh, We have an anti-discrimination policy and what that. Why is Sonic responding to this person at all? What in the world is Sonic doing responding to some random loser who puts a video up on the internet? You're Sonic. Bring me my chili cheese dog and jalapeno cheese peppers. I think they're called cheese cheddar peppers or what they're called at Sonic. I don't mean, I didn't mean to misgender the jalapeno cheese things. Why is Sonic doing this at all? But you see this from corporation after corporation after corporation after corporation. Some person will be, some feminist will be aggrieved about something. Oh, he, he put me down because I'm a woman. And immediately there's, there's normally a suspension. Sometimes there's a firing. There's a public statement. We treasure women here at United Airlines. I didn't mean to pick on them. I'm just pointing something out. When did this happen? Your corporate America. Ignore everyone, especially these loser victim groups out there. Always ignore them. They're in this to destroy you. These are the cultural Marxists. They want the destruction of you. That's what they want. And yet corporate America, they live. Now, 
There are two different reasons for this, actually, before I go into my theory. Reason number one, and this reason is very, very prevalent, is corporate America now, because it's 2021, and because you've been sending your kids to communist university training camps for decades now, corporate America is occupied completely by communists. I don't know how aware of what goes on in corporate boardrooms you are, but they have corporate social responsibility meetings. You'll see it across every single major company now. Corporate social responsibility. You like to imagine, and I'm not picking on them in particular, but they suck anyway. You like to imagine Coke, right? Is They're sitting in there in a boardroom right now, and there's guys in suits, and there's ladies looked in, dressed in those business suits. And ladies, keep that up, by the way. The wife looks like, you know what? I'm not going to go into that right now. But hang on to those business suits, ladies. I'll just say that. But either way, you're picturing a bunch of corporate people in there and ties and very serious. And maybe the dimes are wearing the little glasses and that's okay. But they're they're going over charts and graphs and these are profits. And boy, we, we uh, sold a bunch of Diet Coke last month in Brazil, but we need to tweak our efforts in uh, Portugal. And that's what you picture corporate America to be like. That's part of it. That's part of it. The reality is you and I, we have an old school view of what corporate America is like right now, right now, as we speak, they're having meetings all across the United States of America that don't have anything to do with better products and uh, 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 we need better profits uh, we, we had a bad quarter last quarter. Let's adjust this. Let's cut labor here. Maybe we can make it. They're having meetings in corporate America called corporate social responsibility meetings. And they're sitting down in front of gigantic charts and graphs. And these smart people out there who make the commercials and make the products and supply chains and logistics and all these other things, you know what they're talking about? <sighs> have we done enough gay outreach this year? Uh, you know, we've, we've only spent 50000 on gay people this year. We need to get that up to a quarter million. Hey, Mark, Mark, um, how much you're in charge of our black outreach? How much have we spent on black people this year? Ooh, that's not near enough. What about the trans? Have we done anything with the transgenders? Matt, we, we, we have a $2 million transgender budget this year. We had better get on it. So that's part of it. The communists occupy corporate America. But there's another part of it, and the other part of it is this. People haven't advanced with the times. They still think you have to respond to everything, and the customer is always right, and everything is an action item. The communists in America have used that policy against you. Start the great policy. I call it the Jesse Kelly policy. If you saw my text messages, you would know what I mean. The great policy of ignoring every freaking person who reaches out to you. That's where happiness is. Now, you want to know what happened with Facebook and all this whistleblower talk? I'll tell you next, then we'll take your phone calls. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't tell me what song it is, Chris. Chris is trying to break it down for me. This is the Somebody's Watching Me song. I grew up with this song, pal. You discovered this song. This is a great song. Uh, I think it's uh, Rockwell. Rockwell? I was right, right? That's a great song. That's a great jam. All right. It is the Jesse Kelly Show tonight. I haven't decided whether we're going to have a guest on or not. I should probably get on that, considering if we have one, it'll be about an hour from now. <laughs> Look, I don't plan out the show. 
I, I've told you this story before. I'm going to tell you again real quick here. I have only just started in radio, right? I've only been doing this three years. I, I'm a construction guy and a Marine, and, and it's, I'm an idiot, right? It's, I went to community college. I don't know how to do this. So when the show started getting really popular, all these fancy higher-ups, all these radio uh, fancy muckety-muck guys, they all say to the, all, they all start saying, oh, well, this is really good. I'm glad everyone loves it, but he doesn't know how to do radio. He doesn't even know how to tease things or go into breaks. And they would call and ask me, oh, why didn't you do a, a tease or something here? And I said, I don't even know what that word means. What are you talking about? So they hired me. They hired me a radio coach. I love this story. They hired me a radio coach. And he was he was trying to give me some pointers, you know, soften the rough edges a little bit. And he says to me, well, I, why didn't you uh, uh, tease that in the third hour you were going to talk about this? And I said, well, I had no idea. I don't know. I just thought of it on the fly. And he said, well, didn't you check your show sheet? And I said to him, what's a show sheet? And I'll never forget it as long as I live. It felt like a minute, but it was probably a 10-second pause on the other end of the line. And he says, you don't know what a show sheet is? So I've never even seen one. I have no idea what this is. And apparently it's this sheet that, that radio people use where they'll lay out all the different segments of the show, and they'll say to themselves, I'm going to talk about uh, this in this segment, and then in this this segment I'll tell a story about this, and this segment I'm going to do this. He gets done sending it to me, and I look at it I'm like, oh, nice. He calls the next week, so I was supposed to talk to him every single week, and he says, all right, well, what would you think about the show sheet? I said, I think I think that looks awesome. He's like, oh, nice. Are you going to use that? I said, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not for me. <laughs> I'm not I'm not planning the show here. We just kind of go with the flow around here. All right, enough of that. Facebook and whistleblower. Don't worry, I'm going to get to the New Yorkers and the rent here in just a second. But Facebook, whistleblower, Facebook, whistleblower. You saw this news all over the place yesterday. Who is this Facebook whistleblower? Kind of a dime, by the way. Who is this Facebook whistleblower? What's going on? Well... Allow me to tell you what's going on. Here's the deal. Do you remember? We're going we're gonna to rewind on this. I want you to stay with me because there's a lead up to all this. Remember leading up to Donald Trump's first election win? Do you remember that when he was going up against Hillary Clinton? Here was the state of the country. Barack Obama had just had two terms. Democrats were feeling real good about their chances because it's this wingnut Donald Trump running against established Hillary Clinton, New York State Senator, you know, all that. Of course, they thought they had big tech on their side, and they did, right? Remember, the people who run Facebook and Twitter and all these people, they're all hardcore communists, every single one of them. And so they thought, wow, we have, the, we have big tech and we got Hillary Clinton and the, the Republicans are running this, this total nut job Donald Trump. We got the election in the bag. Except Donald Trump, to his credit and to his people's credit, I understand that the, the, the staff never gets enough credit. That's why I don't give my staff any credit here. The staff never gets enough credit, but to his people's credit, they realize social media is powerful. Social media is mega powerful, and unlike any Republican I've ever seen, Trump and his people embraced it. Trump had an online, and still has for the most part, but had an, an online army 
where they took these left-wing platforms like Facebook and Twitter and he used them for his own purposes. And it worked really, really, really well. All of a sudden, Donald Trump gets elected. He beats Hillary Clinton. And the system, all these corrupt scumbags, they were stunned. And they sat back and they were looking around saying to themselves, what in the world? What what happened? What, how did this happen? And Big Tech specifically, they got together. Remember, they had a huge meeting. This was well publicized. There's, there's headlines you can go find it. Leader of Facebook, leader of Twitter. They had a big meeting. I think it was in Silicon Valley, if I remember right, a big private dinner where they flat out admitted, we sat down and we wanted to analyze uh, uh, things we did wrong. Just kind of a veiled, uh, how do we allow this to happen? How did we allow Donald Trump to get elected? He used our own platforms in order to get elected. Now, where did it go from there? If you're an online person at all, you may be, you may not be. I'm not encouraging you to do so or not to do so. I'm not your dad, but... If you're at all someone who who does things on Facebook or Twitter, you'll know what I'm talking about here. Right after Donald Trump was elected president of the United States of America, Facebook, Twitter, these other groups, they started getting into the censorship game. They started canceling people. They started deleting people's accounts, kicking people off a platform, suspending people. They really started getting aggressive about Who can stay on? Who can't stay on? Things you can say, things you can't say. Really, really, really aggressive about it. And there was more. Facebook, let's stick with Facebook specifically because that's where we're going with this. Facebook CEO, well, the head of Facebook. I don't know if he's a CEO. He's the guy who founded it. Mark Zuckerberg. He decided to start spending tens of millions of dollars of his own money on these Election integrity efforts, and everybody knows, well, I shouldn't say everybody, everyone with half a brain knows exactly what these things were. They were, of course, always billed as nonpartisan. We just want to make sure it's a clean election going forward. That's weird. Why is a social media giant, why is he going into this precinct or that precinct and funding all these people? It's very odd, right? So big tech... They went all in on the censorship stuff. They went all in on coronavirus. You could say this about coronavirus. You couldn't say that. Don't you dare bring up this treatment. Don't bring up that. This is a lie. We've determined it's a lie. We'll pull your YouTube video down. They went all in on coronavirus stuff. They went all in on January 6th. That's when they went really all in. When Donald Trump, he gave a speech in D.C., and then a bunch of people wandered into the Capitol where they weren't supposed to be. And then they started banning this account and banning that account. Okay, so this was all the lead up to what we saw really yesterday. Now, what, what am I talking about? Big tech went all in with the censorship game. But there's something, it's something important for you to understand about communists. And me to understand about communists. I always have to remind myself of this, too. The communist doesn't look at the world the way you look at the world. You like wins and losses. You prefer contentment and joy and family and things like that. I've used this example before, but it's true. If there were 100 islands out there and you were competing with a communist for those islands and the communist ended up winning 
99 of those islands. 99 out of 100, he got and you didn't. You got one island left. If that was you, if you won 99 and he got one, you would wake up the next morning and say to yourself, oh, man, look at that resounding victory. This is awesome. We dominated. Eat it, communists. This is awesome. Life is good. Get me a beer. I need a butt heavy over here, please. The communist doesn't think like that. The communist wakes up the next morning and says to himself, I cannot believe there's an island I don't have. How did we lose that one island? This is a disgrace. We have got to find a way to take that one island. How can we, how can we take that island back? This, we can't have this anymore. Where am I going with this? What does this have to do with Facebook and the whistleblower? I'll tell you in a second. But first, buy gold. You, you saw what they're saying about inflation now? And there's something else going on. China is potentially going after Taiwan. I don't expect you to care specifically about that story, but you better care what something like that would do to the world's economy. Call Oxford Gold Group now. 833-995-GOLD. Oxford Gold Group doesn't sell you a piece of paper saying you have some gold. They will deliver real gold to your doorstep, gold that is not subject to the whims of China or inflation or our politicians, gold that will have value forever, long after America ceases to exist. Call and protect yourself now, please. 833-995-GOLD. Tell Oxford Gold Group Jesse told you to call. 833-995-GOLD. Oxford Gold Group. For gold, you can hold. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Also, before I forget, I don't know if anybody's planning on watching any college football this Saturday, but yours truly will be joining Clay Travis at his OutKick pregame show and during the game at the Texas A&M-Alabama game. They dropped it today on Clay and Buck's show. By the way, you know who's swinging by this week to check out the OutKick bus tour? Jesse Kelly. Oh, our buddy Jesse Kelly. Yeah. Texan, Texan extraordinaire. He's going to drive. Uh, I think he's in Houston. I think he's yeah. going to drive. He would have been uh, a great wide receiver. He could have just walked upfield, and then they could have just thrown the ball high in the sky because he'd be the only person who could catch it. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I've not met Jesse in person, but I think he's. You gonna never be seen? No, he's 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 giant. I, I heard actually. he's a giant man. Yeah. Okay, giant is a little bit insulting there, my boys Clay and Buck. I'm six eight. I'm si- I realize that's above average. I don't know that giant is fair. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to go hang with them this weekend. Back to what I was talking about, about the, the Facebook thing. So what, what I, I gave you the whole lead up. Now here's where Facebook currently is. You know, Zuckerberg went all in, gave all that money. Yet Facebook has an issue. Well, an issue for the communists. They've done all this censorship. They've blocked this and blocked that. You can't say this. Don't say that about COVID. Don't you dare bring up this medication or this therapeutic or you can't do this about January 6th. And yet they have an issue. Conservatism is popular. Now, I'm not a Facebook expert. I'm never on there. I know I have a page, a Facebook page, but I don't even run it. It exists, but I don't run it. But 
I do know that it's relatively easy to search on Facebook for the most popular things out there. Well, the communists know how to search this. Everybody knows how to search this but me. And when you look at 10 of the, 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 or, or the top 10 list, let's just boil it down to top 10. It's virtually all things on the right. Now, the communist looks at that and it drives him absolutely up the wall. He's done all these censorship things. He's done everything he can to shut you up. And yet still, this is what people love the most. And so you've started to hear, you probably remember it, in recent, in recent weeks, recent months, you've started to hear Democrats really start chirping at Facebook. Oh, Facebook this and Facebook that. and This is why Facebook sucks. And why doesn't Facebook do more? They can't stand it. Which brings us to this lady, Frances Hagen. Now, Frances Hagen is that blonde whistleblower you've seen on the television. I do want to make sure you understand who she was with Facebook, though. She was an algorithm specialist. I don't understand what that word means, so I had to talk to somebody who did. An algorithm specialist means she decides what you see and don't see. You see, everybody, when they log on to Facebook or, or any website, any website, everybody doesn't see the same thing. Based on your history and things you like and don't like, they tailor the things you see. Also, they base it on things they want you to see. That's what she's done at Facebook. She's also a full-blown communist. This person donates to people like New York City's very own AOC. This lady is a radical nut job. So why would she leave Facebook and be a whistleblower? Well, I want you to understand she already has a PR firm. She already has lawyers. That's odd for just this do-gooder whistleblower, right? That is so, so odd. So why is she doing this? Well, honestly, you have to remember, it's for the kids. I'm here today because I believe Facebook's products harm children, stoke division, and weaken our democracy. The company's leadership knows how to make Facebook and Instagram safer, but won't make the necessary changes because they have put their astronomical profits before people. Facebook understands that if they want to continue to grow, they have to find new users. They have to make sure that that the next generation is just as engaged with Instagram as the current one. Um, and the way they'll do that is by making sure that children establish habits before they have good self-regulation. By hooking kids. By hooking kids. The choices being made inside of Facebook are disastrous for our children, for our public safety, for our privacy, and for our democracy. It's for the kids. She's there. She's there as a concerned former Facebook employee and she's for the kids. And she kept going about the content. And why aren't they doing more? Facebook knows that its amplification algorithms, things like engagement-based ranking on Instagram, can lead children from very innocuous topics like healthy recipes. I think all of us could eat a little more healthy. Um, all the way from just something innocent like healthy recipes to anorexia promoting content over a very short period of time. Don't you see there's something wrong with Facebook's algorithm? And of course, remember, this is about the kids. This is about anorexia. Anorexia is a huge problem. Only the feminists have defeated it. It's a huge problem. Now, okay, who? My goodness, Francis, this sounds so serious. You're, thank you for coming before us today. Who do you think should lead the censorship efforts of Facebook? 
I also believe there needs to be a dedicated oversight body because right now the only people in the world who are trained to analyze these experiments, to understand what's happening inside of Facebook, are people who you know, grew up inside of Facebook or Pinterest or another social media company. And there needs to be a regulatory home where someone like me could do a tour of duty after working at a place like this and, and have a place to work on things like regulation, to bring that information out to the oversight boards that, that have the right to, to do oversight. A regulatory agency within the federal government. Yes. And there it is, as the saying goes. You see, the communist, she has chosen just out of the goodness of her heart and for the children to leave Facebook. And she was just randomly interviewed by these random Democrats in Congress. And boy, this is how bad it is. And this is why it hurts the kids. And oh, man, that Francis, that's terrible. Francis, what should we do? Could you please? How are we going to save the children? What's the solution, Francis? Please tell us. You know, guys, I, it pains me to say it, but I actually do have a solution. My solution is we need me in charge. <laughs> These people are so transparent. That sounds like something I would say when I'm just being obnoxious on purpose. You know what we need for this huge problem? Me. We need a lot more me. I, I think I'm the only one who can do this here. Do you see the game now? But man, how good are the communists at the game they play? How brilliant was that whole charade? <laughs> All right, I'm not done. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show. And since we're a serious show, yeah, I'm going to hit on this Facebook whistleblower thing. One more quick second here. And then we're going to move on to a 2,700 year old toilet and finding the ideal husband. (laughs) And yeah, we got a lot of bunch of Joe Biden stuff and insanity tonight. But one more thing, this whistleblower, the air fingers quote whistleblower, she was on the team. This is from the Federalist. Hagen was a member of Facebook's Civic Integrity Unit, which was tasked with countering so-called misinformation about the 2020 election in October that entailed the censoring of New York Post's report on Hunter Biden's laptop. Look, she just, just, just a concerned citizen. She is just out there worried about the kids. I mean, it's all about the kids, right? And anorexia. We got to beat anorexia. So you should definitely, I mean, yeah, Chris, I mean, let's honestly, let's play it. She's only here to help. I also believe there needs to be a dedicated oversight body because right now the only people in the world who are trained to analyze these experiments, to understand what's happening inside of Facebook, are people who you know grew up inside of Facebook or Pinterest or another social media company. And there needs to be a regulatory home where someone like me could do a tour of duty after working at a place like this and and have a place to work on things like regulation, to bring that information out to the oversight boards that that have the right to, to do oversight. A regulatory agency within the federal government. Yes. Someone like me. Look, I look all I did was I'm just a I'm just a concerned citizen. I'm worried about the kids. I'm worried about anorexia. And I think there needs to be a whole new government agency that regulates all this. Well, who who should be in charge of it? Well, I don't know. Me. 
<laughs> I love the hustle. Part of me really, really admires the hustle. Well done, communists. Well done. 877-377-4373. Luxury 27-year-old toilet is discovered in Jerusalem. Okay, now, a couple things on this. One, they say luxury. I'm looking at a big flat rock with a hole in it. I don't pretend to be in the know about the bathroom habits of people who lived 2,700 years ago, but unless their butts are severely different than mine, there has to be a better option than that one. Two, that reminds me of something. So we were in uh, Iraq. We were in Iraq, and uh, my Marine Corps unit's in Iraq. And we we do the invasion and all that. I'm not going into all that. But during the invasion, I will just tell you this. Uh, th- this is before there were any bases there. There was no nothing there when I was there. There weren't phones. I, uh, my parents didn't know I was alive until, I think, two weeks into the conflict. They brought a satellite phone to the unit, and ev- they gave everyone something like two or three minutes. And it's not like you could give someone a heads up you were about to call. You could just pick up the phone and pray that you know your parents, they're not going to recognize the number. Just pray they're not ordering a burger or something somewhere. I lucked out and got to talk to mine. They pulled over on the side of the road. But it probably should be noted, quick side note, that was the phone call where a lot of dudes found out their wives and girlfriends had already moved on. So that was a bit of a rough day the next day. But setting that aside, there weren't facilities when we were there. There weren't facilities at all. It was as rough as you can imagine. And we're not going to go into the details of that because nobody needs to hear those stories. But at one point, we get in this town called Najaf. And we haven't had facilities, real civilization facilities in a long time. I've told you the story before about when we got to Baghdad, we hadn't showered in two or three weeks in the skin-melting heat. Uh, you, you've never smelled like that in your life. And we found a house that had a garden hose attached to it. Kamala Harris can't undress that fast. The entire unit just disrobed and immediately, did someone hand out the soap? Let me get clean. You just, you've never felt that dirty. Well, we haven't had modern facilities. So we get to the this mayor of Najaf's house, and we're, it's our job to protect him because everyone wants, to, everyone wants to murder the guy. I don't remember what he did, but I mean, he's a politician. I'm sure he probably had it coming. So we have to go to the mayor's house. Uh... It's bathroom time. We're excited because we get to go to the mayor's, quote, mansion. Bathroom time. Now, we charge upstairs and go into the bathroom. We're excited. You don't know excitement to see a bathroom until you haven't been, until you've been without a bathroom for some time. I rem- I, I've very few times in my life had this kind of crushing disappointment come visit me. We storm into the bathroom and their toilet. It's porcelain, but it's just a hole in the ground. There's no part of it that's elevated above the ground. All it is is a hole. It's just a hole that I know, Chris. I don't know. Well, look, we went into this a lot. You've heard my stories from Thailand before. Again, all cultures are different. Some cultures, they just prefer the knee-crushing kneel. What do you do? Just, just squat away there? Uh, I'm 6'8". I need facilities, okay? I'm not a gymnast. I need facilities out there. So that was a quick side note, but one more thing on this. I just wanted to bring this up on the toilet. 
do you feel like archaeologists and scientists and definitely people who study dinosaurs and stuff like that, do you feel like they make a lot of things up and pretend like it's a fact? Chris, am I out of the line? Am I out of line there? I mean, the dinosaur stuff for real. You can believe what you want to believe about the dinosaurs, how long ago they lived or or whatnot, but oh, 500 million years. You don't have any idea about that. You have no way to even measure that. You have no idea. And they'll say things that, well, I mean, this uh, this particular dinosaur traveled in packs. You found four teeth on a mountaintop in Utah. You don't have any idea. Maybe they met that day and had a fight. It would be like a, an asteroid hitting the earth and, and people a million years from now finding the remains of a football stadium. They all lived right on top of each other and ate foot-long hot dogs. These people don't have any idea that this is a 2,700-year-old toilet. You don't know jack about it. Nothing about it. For all you know, it was a periscope hole. All right. Moving on. The ideal husband, a man in possession of a good income. I love this. And it was in the 19th century Britain that Jane Austen penned the words, quote, it is truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. In those days, a man with a good fortune was also likely to actually find a wife as possession of means was a prerequisite for marriage for men at that time. That was how it was then, but what about today? In the 21st century America, over half of all married couples are dual earner families, and men are no longer expected to be the sole source of financial support for their families. It seems, therefore, that possession of means would no longer matter as much for men's marriage prospects, while at the same time, it may matter more for women. Yet my new research, I love this, published in the journal Evolution and Human Behavior shows that possession of means still matters when it comes to marriage and family formation for men, but not for women. My new research? Let me explain something that drives me insane about the world today. And I don't I don't know where this came from. I, I guess I would guess this might be I mean, I don't want to make it a religious thing. I guess this may be an atheist point of view or something. People today think people can change. People don't change. People don't change at all. People have never changed. People will never change. People are today as they they were thousands of years ago. They are exactly how God made them. A man... A man wants a dime. He wants a dime who's going to take care of his home and be a good mother to his kids. That doesn't mean she can't earn a living, obviously. My wife has had a job for much of our marriage. Shoot, some of our marriage, we had to have her have a job. We were having a hard time making ends meet. But that is what men want in general. What women want in general is they want a man who's able to provide for her and her family and protect her and her family. Why do you think tall guys get so much love? Giving myself a lot of credit there. But in all seriousness, why do you think that is? You think they enjoy a sore neck? It's just part of the whole protecting thing. Why do we pretend as if anything has changed or will ever change? That's how God made us. That's how people are. And you know what's wrong with that? Nothing. And my problem with it is people today... 
they feel like they should apologize for that. Men are like, well, I don't care how she looks. Oh, shut up, you liar. Women are off. Well, I mean, it's, I don't care if he's poor. Yes, you do, you freaking liar. Yes, you do. And that's fine. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You are how you were made. Embrace it. 877-377-4373. Um, <clears throat> why are all of our spies going missing? We'll talk about that in a second. But first, slept like a baby again last night. How about you? I have my Giza Dream Sheets. The best cotton in the world, Giza. Of course, Mike Lindell at MyPillow went out, got the best cotton in the world, and made these MyPillow sheets from them. And they are, oh my gosh, they are seriously the best thing in the world. And I've been telling you forever, what have I been telling you about them? Buy two sets. That way, when you take one set off, you have a fresh set to put on while the other set's in the wash. Well, you're in luck. For a limited time only, with the promo code JESSE, they're buy one, get one free. Now, you have to go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, and that's where you'll find them with the promo code JESSE. MyPillow.com, radio listener specials, promo code JESSE. Buy one, get one free. Or call 800-845-0544, 800-845-0544, code JESSE. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We'll get to the spy stuff in just a second. You know I love spy stuff because I would have been an incredible spy. Stop rolling your eyes, Chris. I would have. It's not about being too tall. I understand my, my height would. People would think that's a limitation. It's called hiding in plain sight. I'm a. I'm like a shadow when I want to be, Chris. You wouldn't even know I was here. I whisper and everything. What I've seen. I've seen every James Bond movie like ten times. I think I get it, buddy. Do you see what they said in Australia? And this is, okay, full disclosure, I, I had a buddy text me this last night, and I thought he was messing with me. I thought this, I was waiting for a, a parody thing at the end. On my life, this is real. Today, the call has gone out to everyone in home quarantine in Victoria to take part of our, our pilot program. And what that means is that they will receive random phone calls and they have to answer uh, within five minutes with a, a selfie sent to this app, which will then geo-track uh, where the, that person is and to make sure that they are who they say they are as well. If they don't answer within that five-minute period, that's when health officers come knocking. What in the world? What has happened to Western civilization? If two years ago we told you China was doing something like that, people would want to invade. That's Australia. And I know what you're thinking. What, Jesse? You're thinking, look, everyone's thinking the same two things. One, that accent is awesome. Two, uh, Jesse, that can't ever happen here. Okay. Um, Here's Dr. Wang on CNN. I wonder what's a better strategy, playing to someone's fear using that kind of marketing campaign we just showed or making the vaccine a requirement for more things like traveling. Should the U.S. be more like Canada? Yes, we should. We really need every tool at our disposal at this point. We've already tried incentives. We tried outreach and education. We should continue doing that. 
But at this point, vaccine requirements are the way to go. Vaccine requirements in workplaces, as we've seen, have been very effective. And I also think that for domestic travel, for interstate travel, for planes, trains, interstate buses, things that are within the jurisdiction of President Biden and the federal government, I really do think that it's time to put those requirements to. First, it's going to make plane and train travel a lot safer. But also, especially with holidays coming, it will be a powerful incentive for people mm-hmm. to say, look, you can stay unvaccinated if you want, but you're not going to be able to travel to see your family. Couple things on that. One, I wouldn't rule it out, especially for the blue states. You can say, oh, that's just that's just some wang I can like a wackadoodle on CNN. The blue states are listening. They're listening closely. LA just put in another vaccine requirement. One, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Two, these people have gotten way too comfortable speaking like this to free people. Way too comfortable. In what you where do you think you are, woman? Where do you think you're not in communist China here? This is the United States of America and the way they speak and they all speak this way. And I'm trying not to be too forward about it, but I'm sorry. I don't have another way to put it. The way they speak, they feel like they already have a monopoly on all the force in this country. I will reiterate this again. And if you take this the wrong way, I don't care. The private gun ownership in the United States of America exceeds that of every law enforcement agency and every branch of the United States military. You don't have a monopoly on force here, and yet you speak as if you're the God King who can just do as you want. We should not let him trap. Look, we tried to be nice. Now you shouldn't even be allowed to take a bus. You shouldn't be allowed to take a plane. Woman, you best be real careful. All of you communists had better be real careful with this garbage. Okay, we've been awfully patient for a long time. Now, now you're forcing vaccines on children? Have you seen the latest and greatest out of, what is it, Massachusetts? 56%, I believe the number is, of deaths from coronavirus. Vaccinated people. We have countries like Sweden. They are now not even giving the Moderna vaccine to people under the age of 30. And yet the American tyrant, the American communist, just feels as if he can do whatever he wants. Abuse you, abuse your kids to no end. Back off, lady. I'm telling you what, these people have gotten way, way too comfortable speaking this way. Back off. And it, what's wild is history's full of all these examples. History is full of examples of these tyrants who, for some reason, because of their own megalomania or something, They feel as if they're gods. They feel as if their power will last forever. And it doesn't. It does not. This has got to stop. This has really got to stop. John in San Diego. Go, boss. Okay, Jesse. This Wang lady, I'm sure she's sweet and kind and everything, but she's obviously a recent Chinese immigrant and a a doctor, so she was probably trained in China. And she's going to tell us what to do about freedom and the vaccine? I'll think so. Well, uh, look, you know what the truth is? And I believe, actually, she is Chinese. I don't know how, how long ago she got here. But that aside, I'm more worried about her training as a doctor than I am about her time in China. 
Have you been impressed with America's medical profession in the last two years? You Every every time you turn around, you, there's some doctor out there. I'm not even just talking about that loser Fauci on TV. Every time you turn around, there's a doctor. I won't treat the unvaccinated. I know several people. My email inbox is full of people. We lost our family doctor. He won't treat us because we're not vaccinated. Our doctor won't treat us anymore. Doctor this and doctor that. It's time to wake up to the term doctor. Doctor can just, just go ahead and get itself lumped in with general and teacher. Why? Because those are the three professions that the second you hear the profession, people automatically assign some level of respect to it because of what they do. But the reality of all three of those professions is the vast majority of them are useless. But one great one, one great general, one great doctor, one great teacher will change your life. That's a fact. That is a fact. You ever get one good one, hang on to them like grim death because they'll change your life. These doctors, are you impressed with doctors? I'm not. Don't, don't, look, that white lab coat don't impress me none at all. Out of here with that garbage. All right, I didn't get to the spy stuff. I'm going to get to the spy stuff in just a second. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Wednesday. Remember, if you missed any part, of the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show. What, Chris? And I can't imagine why you would, but if you miss any part of the show, the whole thing's available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. And you can email the show jesse at jessekellyshow.com or call us 877-377-4373. Got an email here. Listening to your radio show on the 1st of October, 2021, I heard you read an email about a construction worker in Southern Colorado and was considering running for local school board. I used to live in Eastern Colorado and ran for town council in a small town. We had a mini swamp and I decided to get involved. Now I repair sewing machines for a living and was elected three times for a total of 10 years. I would like to let the guy you spoke of, I would like to let the guy you spoke of you have just committed common sense. You know, this is a very hard email to read. You have common sense and a good set of ethics and morals and to go for it. If he cares, he can make a difference. I had no political experience at all and knew no agenda. And the new council got rid of the mini swamp. So I know anyone who cares can make a difference. Hear me out. This is this is for you, person who knows what they want out of their 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 politics, out of their culture. If you're the one who knows, you're the one we need. If you're the one who knows, you're the one we need. I'm not qualified. Yes, you are. And about all these mini swamps, it's the same everywhere. Big cities, small towns, these people. You know why it gets so swampy? It's not not complicated why it gets so swampy. There are two things that corrupt men, money and women. It's, it's, this is this has been true since the dawn of time. When you get in trouble, or when you get in power, I should say, when you get in charge of anything, be that the U.S. budget or the state budget or even a small town, what happens is this. Money flows through your hands. Money flows through your hands. A lot of it. When you're the one taking possession of it and then turning around and handing it out, 
That is ripe for corruption. And people love to feel important. They love it. I used to go all the time back when I was running for Congress. I used to go to these uh, local Republican precinct meetings. And I would encourage you to go. I'm not, not telling you not to go. But I'd have to go to these precinct meetings. Now, you're a person who loves politics. Loves politics. You're listening to my voice right now. With endless options, you're listening to me. So you love politics. You're into it. You probably have never been to a precinct committee been meeting in your life. Probably, probably never once in your life. But if you go, you'll probably find 20, 30 people there. And the people in charge of the meeting, they feel like gods. Most people don't even know what their precinct is. There's just something about power, man. It does it to people. It does it to people. Email. I think your wife has to be a saint to have followed you in your uh, in your interesting career changes. Maybe it's p- because you're so handsome. Well, that's obviously why. Gosh. I mean, what, Chris? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yes, Jesse. You are right. Memphis Bell was an awesome movie. Go watch Memphis Bell. I haven't seen Memphis Bell in ages. I need to make my, my kids watch Memphis Bell. Do you think the left could be trusted with its own supply of nukes right next door to people they would wipe out if given the opportunity? He's asking about uh, uh, the national divorce and if, if it was to actually happen, what do we do about letting them have nukes? Look, I actually have a story printed out about this because China is out there warning right now about World War III. China warns World War III could be triggered at any time. Now, I know people don't care about Taiwan. People generally don't care about foreign affairs anyway, so I'm not going to bore you with all that. China's getting real aggressive with Taiwan. It really looks like that. It's, it's beyond saber-rattling. It looks like they're gearing up to just go incinerate the place and take it back. They've wanted it back since they lost it in the Opium Wars. But nobody knows what war is going to look like in the future. I mean, what is that Albert Einstein quote? And I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I'm going to mess this up. He said something about nobody knows how World War III will be fought whenever it comes, but one thing's for certain, World War IV will be fought with rocks. Mankind, as, as long as they've lived, I mean, normally there's nothing new under the sun, right? But mankind, for our entire existence, he's never possessed the ability to destroy the entire world. Well, mankind possesses the ability to destroy the entire world right now. And you can, you can sit and say to yourself, well, uh, cooler heads will prevail. Have you seen the people in charge? Are you sure? The president of the United States of America is a dementia patient. That's the person with the nuclear codes. Who, General Milley? You, you going with that? Nancy Pelosi? Uh, do you understand how close we were to nuclear war during the Cuban Missile Crisis? Did you know this? This is a true story. There was a Chinese submarine. It had, I, we've talked about this before, it had nuclear-tipped torpedoes on it. Nuclear-tipped torpedoes. There was an American, and again, I'm doing this off the top of my head, destroyer. There was an American destroyer hunting for this submarine. That's what destroyers did. If you know anything about them, they dropped these charges off the side of the boat and they set the charges to different levels. They're just full of TNT. They're not that complicated. And once it gets down to a certain level, boom, it blows up. Now, the way force works is the explosion always goes up. So if a depth charge blows uh, uh, above a submarine, actually won't hurt it. Even if it blows up beside a submarine, may rattle it, it won't hurt it. If it blows up underneath a submarine, that submarine is gone and all the crew is gone. 
This submarine was made for freezing cold weather. It was a Soviet sub. It's down in the Caribbean. It's boiling hot inside of the submarine. It's so hot inside the submarine that everyone in this crew, this Soviet crew, remember, nuclear-tipped torpedoes, they had to strip all their clothes off. They were all working in their underwear because they're just bathed in sweat. So already you're hot, you're stressed out, you're miserable, and then boom, boom, these death, depth charges start going off all around the submarine. And they say it's so loud that, that, that you lose brain function when these depth charges are going off around you and you're in a submarine. And think about the fear anyway, because all of them know it's not like a ship. You ain't life rafting it out of there. If you're blown, you're gone. They mess up the captain's mind so much, so much these depth charges do. He gives the order to fire the nuclear torpedo. His second in command was able to talk him out of it. And if he'd fired that nuclear torpedo and hit one of our ships, we would have started launching nukes from Europe into the Soviet Union. It would have been nuclear war. Now, I'm not trying to scare you, but all this nuclear talk, I don't have an answer for you on how it ends. Doesn't end good, though. I, I think we can all agree with that. And, and like, I was actually thinking about this last night. It's funny the question came up. I was thinking about this last night. We don't think enough about the fact that Pakistan has nuclear weapons. Pakistan, there are portions of Pakistan's government that are controlled by the radical Islamists. North Korea. North Korea has nuclear weapons. It is... That's a long way of me saying it's a dangerous world out there. You know, you just don't know. You don't know. But again, I'll reiterate, there are worse ways to go, right? I mean, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be crude about the whole thing. And it's not that I want you to be turned into a, a cigarette ashes in the next five seconds, but there are worse ways to go. What is it, a million degrees, Chris? Something like that? I don't know. They have all these fancy bombs out there. Look, if I gotta go. If I have to choose between slowly dying at the end of my life of some terrible disease like we all have to do or just getting whoosh, vaporized out of the sky, eh, you can drop a nuke on me. That's fine. I'll see you all in heaven. All right. Dang it. I forgot to get to my spy story. And the phones, 877-377-4373. Our spies, this is actually a legitimate story, our spies are disappearing around the world. Why are they disappearing? Well, we're going to dig into that a little bit, and it's not good. Plus, your phone calls, 877-377-4373. But first, listen up if you've got a small business. There's nothing more valuable than your time. You know that. Why are you going to the post office? Stamps.com makes it easy to mail and ship right from your computer with no special equipment required. Whether you're in office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. You'll even get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from the USPS and UPS, by the way. And their new Rate Advisor tool lets you compare rates across carriers. You always find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com, and there's no risk when you go to Stamps.com and use the offer code JESSE. You'll receive a four-week free trial plus free postage in a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top, and enter the code JESSE. That's Stamps.com, promo code JESSE, Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. 
The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and we have our CIA agents disappearing around the world, which brings me to my point about how I would have been an outstanding spy. Here's a little monologue from a movie about my life. James, welcome. Do you like the island? My grandmother had an island. Nothing to boast of. We could walk around it in an hour, but still it was, it was a paradise for us. One summer, we went for a visit and discovered the place had been infested with rats. They'd come on a fishing boat and gorged themselves on coconut. So how do you get rats off an island? Hmm? My grandmother showed me. We buried an oil drum and hinged the lid. Then we wired coconut to the lid as bait. And the rats would come for the coconut and plunk, 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 plunk. they would fall into the drum. And after a month, you've trapped all the rats. But what did you do then? Throw the drum into the ocean? Burn it? No. You just leave it. And they begin to get hungry. And one by one, they start eating each other until there are only two left, the two survivors. And then what, do you kill them? No. You take them and release them into the trees. But now they don't eat coconut anymore. Now they only eat rat. You have changed their nature. That is, of course, from the movie Skyfall. It's a James Bond slash Jesse Kelly film, but in all seriousness. Report, CIA admits that agents are going missing at an alarming rate. And actually, this does matter. I know I was joking around. They sent a cable to personnel throughout the world informing them that a large number of foreigners recruited as informants have been killed or captured. And just like I understand most people know this, but just a little explainer for people that don't. Sadly, the James Bond secret agent type is not really what spies do i i I mean don't get me wrong there are jobs that run the gamut in cia place like that there are guys that are there basically they recruit them out of the navy seals and delta force and they're just straight up shooters and then there are guys who are counterterrorism officers or cia officers and yeah obviously they know some stuff about spying but really what spying mostly is is recruiting Other people recruiting foreigners from the place you want to spy on, finding a way to bring them into the fold so they'll spy for you. I mean, what is a spy, really? Most of them are Iranian, Chinese, Russian. They're people we've recruited in those areas, so they'll spy for us. Sadly, (laughs) the James Bond type is not necessarily a real thing. I realize that's, uh, that's... that's that's a big a bit of a bubble burst for most dudes out there, including myself, but that's the truth. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> the cable detailed how many CIA agents have been killed by foreign agencies in recent years. It also reported the uh, covered the numerous numerous problems that the CIA had been experiencing as of late when trying to recruit informants. The issues ranged from miscalculating the capabilities of rival spy networks to inadequate spying techniques, according to the Times. 
CIA agents would, that's the New York Times, by the, that, by the way, CIA agents would reportedly hire informants without thoroughly investigating them to see how susceptible the latter were to opposing counterintelligence activities. Now, what does this mean for you? I, I, I'm going to breeze past most of this garbage. Uh, one, we've had a bunch of foreign informants of ours in Iran and China and Russia disappear and disappear in really, really terrible ways. And we've had a couple huge, huge traitors on our side. There's a former Air Force sergeant. There's a, they, they go become CIA officers, and then they turn out to be traitors. Now, there's a, there's a million shows on this now. Why do people become to be traitors? Sometimes it's money. If it's dudes, sometimes it's women can get you in trouble. Uh, sometimes it's revenge. They get mad at their companies, country. Sometimes it's power. For whatever reason it is, we've lost CIA guys in, and ladies. One of these, one of the biggest high-profile ones is a woman defected to Iran or, or you know, was spying for Iran. And what they do is when they go over, you've got Iran offering you whatever they offer. Let's call it money. Let's make it money. It's a family show. That makes it easier. All right, so we're, we're giving you some money to be a counteragent for us. Eventually, that agent's going to realize they're going to get caught, and they're just going to go to Iran and say, okay, you can have the mother load. Here is 10, 20. Here's every informant we have in the country. These people generally get tortured and killed when we find them. Now, I don't, beyond the cool spy stuff, I don't expect you to actually care about this on some deep level, except I did want to drive this point home. This goes back to what I've been telling you about our military and our ability to take on a major opponent and why it is so much worse than you think it is. Because we're Americans and we see our frontline troops and we know, wow, those guys are the best and they are. And we see the newest fighter jet, and we're like, that's amazing. And there's a stealth bomber. And look, we have a nuclear-powered aircraft carrier. No one can touch us. Historically, that is not how wars work. Wars are won by the great generals, by the great intelligence agencies out there. Historically, if you want to use history as an example, we are in deep, deep trouble. The cultural rot at every level of our federal bureaucracy, including CIA, has far, far reaching consequences. Far reaching consequences. Uh, people do not understand how damaging this stuff is. And historically, the worst disasters for this nation or, th- or that nation, how they came from intelligence failures. It's coming. It's coming. In fact, I've got one of those examples for you. In just a second. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Final hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, you can email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You can call in 877-377-4373. We were talking about this article out now about the CIA's missing all these agents and how I'm, I'm tying it into our readiness, our military readiness. People do not understand how important this stuff is. Like uh, Genghis Khan and his Mongolian Empire, widely considered one of, if not the greatest armies of all time. 
And everyone can, and everyone who knows anything about history can picture the Mongolian army. It's all on horseback. They're basically all archers, swarming people, advanced tactics, too fast, can't get around them. Everyone knows that. But you know what Genghis Khan was obsessed with? Spying. Genghis Khan, his spy network was vast. He would have spies everywhere. He would have political operatives going into cities. He was eyeing up, finding out if there were any wedges in society. They could drive a little more spying. Yeah, Battle of Midway. Everybody knows the Battle of Midway, or at least you've heard the name Battle of Midway. It's the gigantic naval battle where we were taking on Japan. And up until the Battle of Midway, it's important for everyone to know, we were getting our teeth kicked in by Japan. They were studs. Morale in America and the military was really low. We were getting kicked around. And Japan decides they're going to go take out this little base at Midway, this little jerkwater island Midway. Don't worry about looking it up. It's not much. We ambushed them with our naval, naval force. They had no idea we were there. We knew they were coming. We ambushed them, crushed them at Midway. That was the turning point in the war. The Japanese never recovered after that, ever recovered after that. We had the momentum clear up until the time we dropped the bombs on Japan and won the war. But why did we ambush them there? Because we had cracked the codes of their communications and we found out that's where they were going and they had no idea. The CIA rotting is a big deal. The American generals rotting and admirals rotting and turning into woke, useless political filth is a big deal. The kind of big deal that brings a nation to its knees in the very end. You want to know how seriously this government is taking this issue? Well, let's not forget about the uh, new CIA recruitment ad under Joe Biden. This is real. When I was 17, I quoted Zora Neale Hurston's How It Feels to Be Colored Me in my college application essay. The line that spoke to me stated simply, I am not tragically colored. There is no sorrow damned up in my soul nor lurking behind my eyes. I do not mind at all. At 17, I had no idea what life would bring, but Zora's sentiment articulated so beautifully how I felt as a daughter of immigrants then and now. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console pause a crying it, Pause it real quick, Chris, just so I don't lose anybody. Uh, Chris didn't play the wrong soundbite. This is legitimately a CIA recruitment ad. The CIA recruits mainly on college campuses they play these ads to recruit new people. This is this is this is real. This is a real ad. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I'm a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box checking exercise. I am a walking declaration. A woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences, suggesting that a question has been asked. I did not sneak into CIA. My employment was not and is not the result of a fluke or slip through the cracks. I earned my way in and I earned my way up the ranks of this yeah, organization. Yeah, we, we got the idea. It's not done yet. Now, does it sound like your country is ready for war? Does it sound like your spy agency is ready for war? I mean, I, 
I don't know that this is the best time to point out, but let's try to keep in mind multiple former directors of the CIA spend their, spend their time on Twitter all day blasting Donald Trump and Republicans. Does it sound like we're a serious country? Or are we a country that is painted rust and in very, very deep trouble? Headline, University Suspends TPUSA Club for what? For criticizing the Chinese Communist Party. This is Emerson College, by the way. TPUSA is Turning Point USA. I'm not affiliated with them or anything like that. They're a gigantic uh, conservative college group. They're always recruiting new college kids. They're on college campuses everywhere, and they do they do that stuff, all that college recruitment, but it's a right-wing group. They criticized the Chinese Communist Party, and that got them suspended from a college in the United States of America. Now, I tell you what, I'll set that aside for a moment here because I'm going to bring something else up. Penn State plans to, quote, reimagine K-12 through and anti-racism will lead the way. That is the College of Education at Penn State University. They're churning out how many teachers a year who are going to be graduating with reimagined education that involves them walking into your K through 12 child's classroom and teaching them how racist they are and how racist America is. Now, let me give you one more headline. Just yeah, just randomly. Surveillance on campus. Universities give students tools to report on each other's COVID violations or bias incidents. That's Michigan State. The school's culturally inclusive college sharing system is an online submission form that allows the university to, quote, track and respond to behaviors and situations that work to support or detract from the goals of a safe and supportive environment. That's one day's worth of headlines that I didn't even have to look for. Now, again, I ask you, your child, I am pretty positive somebody listening to the sound of my voice loves their child. So let me just ask a couple questions. Do you love your child more than you love your tradition of, my alma mater, you got to go to Penn State. Do you love your child more than you love that? Do you love your child more than you love bragging to neighbors and friends and family about where your child is going to college? And I know this is going to hit home for some because, again, I don't live in the political world. I'm not in D.C. or New York. I don't hang out with political people. I hang out with normal people, which is probably why the show actually works. And I'm around these people all the time. Good people, too. But you know what I hear at these parties? Oh, man, I'm so excited. Cody got into Cody got into Penn State. I went to Penn State. Woohoo! It's going to be a Nittany Lion. Oh, really? That's cool. That's cool. Uh, you know where Sarah? Sarah got into Stanford. And, and I see these parents. I see them doing a lot of bragging about where their child went to school. And I don't say anything. It's not my business. I don't stick my nose in someone else's business. But I'm thinking to myself, do you even care what they're going to learn in this college? Do you even care that that university is now night and day different than it was when you were there? And this child you adore and spent 18 years raising you're now sending them into a communist training camp 
and you're bragging about it? And you're bragging about it. Why? The old ways are gone. In so many ways, the right must adjust its thinking. The right must adjust its thinking about everything, about how you approach politics, about how you approach your activism, about how you raise your kids, about where you get your health information. You must change your behavior, not because you've changed. The world has changed. Your country has changed. The institutions you have loved and treasured, and understandably so, I'm not ripping on you for that, the institutions you've loved and treasured, man, they're gone now. They're all gone. They're all rotted and filthy now. They're all covered in this communist, cultural, Marxist, disgusting filth now. I love my sons. I love them so much that I don't intend to push them towards a university because mom went to school there so I can brag to my friends about it. No, I, I, I love them too much for that. I want them to have good lives. I want them to be strong men. I want them to go marry a dime and have 20 kids and provide for her and those children. None of my dreams for my sons involve them walking onto college campus so I can brag to my neighbor buddy, did you hear James got into Stanford? I couldn't care less what my neighbor buddy thinks. I'm worried about the mind and soul of my sons. What are you worried about? 877-377-4373. All right. You know what else I try to do a lot? I try, I fail, but I try to be a lot more purposeful with where I spend and don't spend my money. We've talked about that a lot on the show. That's why I look. That's why I switched to Pure Talk. It wasn't just the money savings. And I love that Pure Talk saves the average family over $800 a year. And I got tired of spending that money at Verizon and AT&T and T-Mobile. But the truth is Pure Talk is a company that doesn't apologize for the United States of America. Their CEO is a Vietnam veteran. When I call customer service, they're located right here in America. And I'm speaking to someone who speaks English back to me. And they're friendly and nice. And it's just wonderful. Go switch today. Pure Talk has a 30-day risk-free guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, say Jesse Kelly. Stop wasting money on those other places. Go to Pure Talk. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I, I, I have to be honest with you. I heard the Elton John, and I was getting ready to chirp at you a little bit for playing Elton John because it's not really who we are. Elton John has some jams. Elton John has some... Whoa, well, don't you dare hold up that finger and say two jams, dude. Elton John has some jams. Philadelphia, don't hold up that finger either, Chris. Good grief. Elton Philadelphia Freedom... Philadelphia Freedom slaps. That's a good song. Play some Philadelphia Freedom, Chris. Get on get on the DJing. What are you doing? People need some pep. The world is coming to an end. Turn it up. Yeah. Give me a piece of my mind. 
No, Chris, we're not at one of those kind of nightclubs. What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? You know, we were talking, we were playing before, we were talking about something serious. We were playing that useless CIA recruitment ad, and the lady was talking about how she can change a diaper with one hand. And then phone screener Miranda, she was texted about a couple of things, and she was bringing up t- uh, changing diapers. I ever tell you about my oldest? Oh, my gosh. All right. I know everyone thinks I'm some kind of caveman barbarian, but believe it or not, I actually did change diapers. I did. Whenever I was home and, and, and it had been a long day or whatnot, I'm, I took my turn changing diapers. And my my youngest, Luke, he was cake. He, he was just cake. James had a thing, though. He had a thing. And, oh, sweet mercy. It was maybe the worst experience. And I need to clarify something about me. <clears throat> Again, I know everyone thinks I'm this caveman. You know I don't like public restrooms, and I'm not big on um, uh, answering nature's call and, and all that kind of stuff. I think that stuff's really gross. I mean, I'm fine doing it. I just don't want to be around public restrooms. I think that stuff in general is gross. All, all the sewer stuff, I think, is gross. All right, you got that? I think it's gross. My oldest son had a thing when he was born, and his thing was this. He would not. He would not go uh, number two inside of his diaper. Now, we know why Why now. He doesn't like, uh, everyone has their thing. He doesn't like a feeling of dirt or anything in between his skin. It drives him crazy. Don't get me wrong, he gets dirty all the time, but if he gets something on him, he'll want to get it off of him. But he had like that to the extreme when he was a kid. So he would not go in his diaper. And I don't mean he would hold out for a little while. He is a strong-headed child. He'll hold out all day. He'll hold out all day. We, we, I mean, we used to be weirded out. There'd be just this dry, empty diaper. We'd change it just to feel like, oh, okay, there's got to be something, right? No, 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 no. This little assassin, he would wait until you changed him and removed the diaper and then... He would go all at once. And remember, we're talking liquid diets here. And no, I'm not talking about your college diet. I mean liquid diets here. So we are talking about an explosion. One time across the room. And I mean across the room. So what we started having to do, I wish we'd have got pictures of this, although I'm I'm glad we didn't. I, I would have to suit up before I would change him. I would take towels and I would be draping them over my head and my shoulders and my clothes. Oh, Chris, I covered up everything humanly possible because you knew. You knew. Look, you may get out of there alive, but you're going to take casualties. All right. You're going to take casualties. <laughs> All right. Vaccine mandates are destroying American livelihoods. No. You don't say. A growing number of Americans are facing the imminent loss of their livelihoods, economic uncertainty, and in some cases, financial ruin. Not because of mass layoffs prompted by economic recession or collapses of their industry, but simply because they refuse to get a COVID-19 shot. And I do want to point something out again here. Don't care whether you're vaccinated or not means nothing to me. I'm not. I've explained to you why. I'm 40 years old. It's not a risk for me. I've already had it. It's it's not something I'm going to do, but I don't judge anyone who does. Vaccine mandates are destroying people in this country, and I just wanted to sit and watch and wait when the vaccine came out. 
And that's that's not because I'm a natural skeptic, although that I am. It's just because I do not believe, I've never believed in buying the new thing when it came out. That's not who I am. I don't rush to the store. I, I need the new iPhone. I, I want the new TV. I, I want the brand new car. I, I, I don't do that. Whenever something new is released, I always, 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 I'll let everyone else test it first. I'm going to sit and I'm going to watch and I'm going to wait. And that was the approach I was taking with the vaccine. I'm not some anti-vaccine person. You may be, but I'm not. I was just going to sit and watch and wait. Okay, this is very, very new. Boy, that seems awfully fast. Okay, uh, I'm going to wait and see how it works. And I already told you earlier in the show, uh, over half of the deaths, coronavirus deaths in Massachusetts, the, the recent ones, vaccinated people. Places like Israel, entire countries. You know, Israel's not some backwater place. It's a very modern country. They don't even consider you vaccinated anymore if you've only had two shots. Countries like Sweden, they have stopped giving the vaccine, the Moderna vaccine, to people under the age of 30 because of the heart inflammation issues. I'm not trying to scare you away from taking it either. I'm really not. I'm saying, shouldn't we all sit and watch and wait and think? I just want to sit and watch and wait. That's all. And look, if there are some kinks to work out or something like that, uh, I'd prefer them if you don't work out your kinks on me. Uh, you work out the kinks. And, and it seems like there are so few of us who think like this about everything now. Whenever anything happens, we're such a panicky, flighty people. Uh, help us! Save us now! But Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down. Calm down. Let's stop and think and wait and do this smartly. But for some reason, that doesn't exist anymore. And the damage we've done, the, the, the never-ending damage we've done with our endless, panicky, power-hungry response to a virus, I, I don't say this often. I'm telling you, I am so embarrassed on behalf of my country. I am embarrassed, and you should be embarrassed at how we've handled coronavirus. It's a disgrace what we've done. What, what have we done? I'll tell you in a second. It is Jesse Kelly. That's another great Elton John song there. One of my favorites. What, Chris? It's like, no, no, we were talking. And I'll take your calls in a second. 877-377-4373. I will finally take your calls, whatever you want to talk about. I know I've been promising it all show. Now I'll take them. 877-377-4373. Vaccine mandates. And we've completely lost what it means to be Americans now. We are scared and I, and I know I know people use this so much the the kids you know the kids what about the kids think how messed up this generation well some of this generation of kids are going to be you I know you see them out there not the kids fault remember it's always the parents fault masks on your kids go to an airport when's the last time you went to an airport masks face shields gloves masks I gave, I gave my six year old ten vaccines what chance is that child what, what is the chance that child has a healthy outlook on life when he grows up? What is the chance these people are going to be able to provide a logical, sober analysis on risk and reward? Because that's all life is, remember. 
I, I don't know how we got well, how we let people get panicked into this. If it saves one life, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. If it saves one life, our economy is worth a lot more than one life. Our economy is worth tens of thousands of lives, if not millions of lives. And I realize that we have to powder everybody's butt for them these days, and you're not allowed to tell anybody the truth about anything. But that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. The entire concept is just absurd. It blows me away. Setting aside the economic impact, the alcohol abuse, the drug abuse, the spousal abuse, the mental abuse of kids that we've done because we got a virus. And not only did we get a virus, we got a virus that doesn't even affect children. And we've mentally abused our children. And, 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 and the talk about the vaccines, and again, I don't care what you are, but how we just decided that was the only way? Get the vaccine. Okay, but what about uh, hydroxychloroquine? Not that. Get a vaccine. Okay, but uh, uh, what about the uh, Invermectin? I've heard that. Get the vaccine or you hate old people. Oh, okay, this seems a little extreme. What if I've already had coronavirus? What about my natural immunity? Get the vaccine. Are you not creeped out by this? By this insistence that there's only one way to go? Even if you're the most pro-vaccine person in the world, that doesn't creep you out at all? We've had less than 500 children die in two years from coronavirus, and millions of children in this country will get up tomorrow and go to school with a freaking mask on their face. Gosh, what in the world have we done? All right, Nick in Massachusetts. Go, boss. Jesse, I, I got a little bit of a rant here. I, these these commies make me sick to my stomach. If you was to tell me five years ago that I would have had my son drop out of school, I would have told you you were insane. And yet here I am, I had my son drop out of school because I would rather he he learn, uh, you know, you know the, the regular blue-collar way and just go to work and earn a living as a man than to be indoctrinated by these commie pieces of crap into hating himself, the color of his skin, and in his own country. I found out he went and got the first shot behind my back. Um, he's, he's only 16. I didn't even know he could do that, but that's Massachusetts for you, and I, I have no idea how, the, how I'm going to get my family out of here. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm literally shaking at how angry I am at these people and what they're doing to our country. It is sickening. And, 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 if you, and they've already taken over the entire government. The voting system is gone. Voting our way out of this isn't happening. And, and so what I've come to the conclusion is that every man and every woman willing to fight Everybody that needs to draw a line in the sand, and when they cross it... And- listen to me, listen to me. Brothers. It's a good call. Thank you, Nick. And, and I, I can tell how much you care about your boy, and that's good. Listen, you might be right. I know where you were going with all that. You might be right about the federal system being lost, and I'm not saying you're wrong. And I will say this. If you're somebody in Massachusetts, if you're somebody in a blue area like that, Massachusetts, New York, and California and whatnot, it does feel like everything is lost and you have nothing left, and now we can't even vote our way out of it. But hear me out. Hear me out. Everything is not lost. Yes, a lot of it is lost. I'm not blowing smoke up here, you know what. Everything, uh, uh, Lots of it is lost. We have lost parts of our country we will never get back. We have lost possibly the federal government for good. I'm, I'm not sugarcoating anything for you. 
there are huge portions, red areas of this country that have not bended the knee, that still have huge amounts of state power. You had a heavy D in Florida come out today after the AG threatened to sick the FBI on concerned parents. Heavy D came out and said, uh, federal agents will not be harassing parents in my state. Now, I know that doesn't help you in Massachusetts or whatever blue area you're in, but all is not lost yet. And you don't even consider anything else until all is. Tim in Denver, go. Uh, Jesse, you're the one person in the public airwaves that I can seriously ask this question of. When do we start the revolution? Okay, now let me answer your question. And and I'm actually, I'm going to leave you on the line, so just hang there for a second. Let Let me ask you this question. Because I get people that ask this a lot. You know, we got to take up arms and civil war and revolution. And I want to ask you something because I know you have people in your life who mean the world to you, whether that's a wife, a son, brother, whatever the case may be. You have people, anyone talking like that, I want you to picture the people who mean the most to you in your life. What is worth you holding them as they die in your arms? Do you think we're there yet? I say we're not. I say you wait until Everything has been expended. Every option at your fingertips is expended before you ever even consider something like that. The reality of what you know, war and violence and all that stuff is, the reality looks so much different in real life than it does in the movies, and you don't want that here. Does that make sense, Tom? Makes sense, but I also want to ask you, we used to wage wars against communists. Mm-hmm, we did. When do we all them what they are. They are domestic enemies in all their different forms. They are taking over and taking down this country. How long do we wait? Well, I am, well, I mean, it's actually putting me in a tough spot here because what we have to do now, what we have to do is, and then I really mean this, what we have to do is one, Don't lose heart. And when I say don't lose heart, I mean, yeah, you have to acknowledge there are some things we've lost and we're not getting back. Don't feel like there's no one else like you. You're surrounded. They own everything. No, 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 no. There are tens of millions of Americans who think just like you. What we must do now is simply different than what we've had to do before. We have to come together and stick together. And frankly, I know people don't like hearing this, and I understand it's not an option for most people. For many people, we've got to live together. No, I don't mean you're moving into my house. You're not welcome. I don't even let the neighbors over. We have to move into the same communities. We have to move into the same states. When I tell you to balkanize, that's what I mean. I mean get to a red area and not only run for office, you already know that part, Be more purposeful than you've ever been. I'm working on this too. Trying to only invest with people that that are that are good. And I've failed at that in the past. Trying to only hire and fire people who only hire people who think like you. Trying to patronize businesses that are on your side. Sticking with your people now. That, That they said, well, that's tribalism. Brother, that's survival. They've got it all. We have numbers if we come together and can still have a really, really, really great life. I'm not done on this yet. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. It is the 
Jesse Kelly Show. Chris is over here telling dirty lies during the break. He said, I had no idea the anchor doesn't stop the ship. It's the chain. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You know how many ships, or I should say boats, I've stopped with just a rope? There's no chain. It's the anchor, idiot, and then there's a rope. What? This is not going to be like when you said the juice in the meat isn't blood. This is totally a different situation, Chris. You're stupid. The, the email address is jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Email your love, your hate, your death threats, your Ask Dr. Jesse questions. Remember, get those in early for Friday and tell Chris how stupid he is about the anchor thing. Hi, Jesse. It's another email from your favorite former communist who is now, according to mainstream standards, a right-wing nut. I just thought of a great idea how young Republican men can begin help sa- or help begin saving the nation. So when I was still a Democrat, I went on a date with a Trump-voting Republican who I matched via a dating app. As a woman on the left, I was constantly surrounded by emasculated, emasculated men who were exhausted. During the few dates, I got my first taste of a real masculine man, and it was truly eye-opening. I didn't agree with his politics at the time, but he was someone who changed the trage- trajectory of my political journey. Journey, Why can't I talk? And made me reconnect to my base biological desires. Good grief. This is getting spicy, Chris. This is, I hope this is PG. This was one driver that led me to shed a lot of dehumanizing communist narrative. Meaning if brave, young conservative men want to do a service to the country, go on a few dates with a leftist who haven't been completely lost and maybe save a few souls. She says, thanks, did not say I can save her name. Look, I love my people. And how am I supposed to tell the young men listening to the sound of my voice right now to go suffer through a couple dates with some horrible harpy just to attempt to save her? You know she's probably not going to shave her armpits. Probably won't even shave her mustache. That's one. Two, you're just going to have to hear her the entire time. And I can't give guidance like that to young men because I never possessed that kind of patience back in my dating life. I just drop you off back home. I, I've told you. I've done it before. I'll pick you up. And if it's too bad, I'll just t- turn right back around and drop you right back off home. Why are you dropping me off? You're too annoying. I can't do it. There's no way I can possibly do it. So I can't, I can't, I can't ask these young men out there to date communists. I mean, look, if if AOC comes along and you want to go for, make a run at it real quick, that's fine. But no more than a date or two. Good grief. I'm leaving California with my wife and three kids. We have had it. A week ago, we put 5% down on a new build in Vero Beach, Florida. How about that? Sight unseen except for a FaceTime call. We will be paying cash when it's done. Now, That's one thing I will say. Uh, a lot of you considering leaving these blue areas like New York and California, especially California, the real estate is so high priced in California, you're going to fall over dead when you see what that home in California, what that kind of money brings you in a red area. It is stunning. You're gonna feel like that. You're gonna feel like the Beverly Hillbillies. You're gonna live in a mansion. Believe me. Anyway, now with these new mandates for kids to be vaccinated to attend school, I have an eighth grader and second grader and a kindergartner that will not get the vaccine. Do we rent a place early in January as a house as the house won't be ready till July 1st or do we homeschool until then? Uh, All right. I've had a bunch of these questions from California parents. 
One, I love that you're not not going to vaccinate your kids. That's ridiculous. Don't do that. Two, why not give homeschooling a try? Why not give homeschooling a try? And if you're one of these people, wherever you are in a blue area, and you're getting these mandates and masks and these stupid things, allow me to offer a bit of advice. You're not the only set of parents in that area who feels the way you do. Remember, our strength is in our numbers. Our strength is in our numbers. Reach out to other parents and ask who feels the way you do. Why am I bringing this up? Community learning is absolutely a thing. There's such a thing as community homeschooling, and it's wonderful. Homeschooling doesn't doesn't just have to be your wife sitting there grinding your kids through algebra every single day. It doesn't. You can team up with other mothers in the neighborhood and fathers when it comes to PE and stuff like that, but you can team up with other parents in the neighborhood and make it a group effort. My goodness, stay, homeschool. Besides, packing up the house sucks, and the old lady's never going to forgive you if you leave her there to pack and you move on and live it up down in Florida. All right, it's time for headlines I didn't get to. Hospital system says it will deny transplants to the unvaccinated in almost all situations. As I have pointed out a million times, they have decided who the dirty minority is in this country responsible for all the ills. And just like every other historical atrocity that happens after step one, you've identified them. Step two, now you're simply deciding what level of punishment is appropriate for them in their dirty minority ways. Headline, Kyle Rittenhouse made reasonable decision to shoot. That's according to expert testimony. This is another one of those crazy things that the media ran with and 90% of the right went along with because they're too weenie to do anything about it. I'm looking on video at somebody pointing a pistol at the kid. What's he supposed to do? Headline, Harvard Faculty of Arts and Sciences probes into free speech guidelines. Harvard. Let me say that word again one more time. Harvard. Harvard produces the leaders of this society, like it or not. Corporate America, political leaders, they come out of places like Harvard. That is why we are in such bad shape. I've said it before. I'll say it again. There's probably nothing you could do to advance the cause of the right in this country than taking the top 10, 20 universities Firing every employee, emptying out the buildings, raising the buildings to the ground, building a public restroom where they used to stand. Headline, more Americans died of COVID this year than all of 2020. That's so weird. 65.7% of Americans aged 12 and up are fully vaccinated, and yet we've already had a more, more Americans die in October than 2020. If this isn't adding up to you, you know what that makes you? Someone who uses their brain. Think. All the info's out there. We're going to be back again tomorrow. Don't forget I've forgotten. Don't think I've forgotten about our doomsday expert. He's coming for the show. All right. That's all.